So as Pastor Josh said today, I've been given the task of taking 2nd and 3rd John. So go ahead, open up with me right now. We're going to start off in 3rd John chapter 1, because there's only one chapter, verse 2. And this is my prayer for you this morning. So in 3 John um, chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. That's good. Again, beloved, which means that you are the object of God's love. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. That word health um, comes from the Latin word hugiaino, which I would probably never know unless it was written in my, my Bible right here. Um, and that word means to be sound in body and in good health. Isn't it awesome that God cares about not just your mental state, but he cares about your physical state too, and your spiritual state? And so my prayer is that the message this morning would not only speak to your spiritual life or your emotional life, but it would also speak to your bodies and to my body physically. And so let's talk about who John was real quick. Um, so the first, second, and third epistle of John never have the author say, this is me, I'm sending this to you, written from John. But the way that the language is written, it's clear that it was most likely written by John the Beloved, who spent time at Jesus' side all the way up until his death, and then he was given charge over his mom. And so if there's anybody, I think, in the Bible who is able to really speak to us about intimately knowing Jesus, it would be John. And John, at this point in his life, is coming towards the end. He writes to um, the different audiences from the perspective of being the elder. And so how many of you would claim that? You'd say, I'm an elder. I get to talk like an elder, like no one's raising their hand. Um, basically, if you're older than me, you can probably say that. Um, and he comes from the perspective of saying, I have lived life. I have seen the trends. I've seen, I mean, Jesus go on the cross, die and raise again, ascend to heaven. And I've seen life since then. He's been watching the church develop. He's been watching people learn how to walk out this faith life of pursuing Jesus and walking in the way, and he's starting to see it get distorted because people are trying to live out religion, the idea of following after God without seeing God. And so we see this language um, in the epistles of John where he basically says, um, he, who is, who, he who does good is of God, but he who does evil is not seeing God. And so he has this idea that God is the light and that in order to do good, you have to see light. As you guys know, um, light doesn't make things exist, but light reveals what exists. How many of you have ever been in a dark room in the middle of the night, you've gotten up to get something out of your fridge, you stub your toe on something and you're mad that that thing exists? But that thing probably is very useful in your life. You just don't see it in the right context because it's not it's not being revealed to you by the light in your room. In the same way, I really believe that John has this conviction that Jesus is the light and that there are all these different elements in our life. There are things that we experience or things that we go through on a day-to-day -day basis and we end up not seeing them the way that God would have us see them because the lights aren't turned on. The lights aren't turned on. And it's interesting because when I was looking at the, those last two epistles of, of um, Second and Third John, there's two main themes. One of the first themes is, is to avoid teachers 
that are preaching false doctrines, basically teachers that are not giving you anything that is revealing light to you. But it's doctrine that's still filling you up. Have you ever been to McDonald's? I really think God gave me this analogy, but you can decide. Um, Just because something fills you doesn't mean it's enlightening you or that it's good for you. And I think a lot of us, and especially in our culture right now, we've got a lot of McDonald's entertainment, we've got a lot of McDonald's information, and a lot of things that want to fill you so that you're not able to take in anymore and you're like, I've got more than enough. But those things don't necessarily enlighten you. Now, how many of you, you started having something and you're like, I'll just have it one time, and it was disgusting to you at first, but as you continued to have it, you found yourself craving that thing. That's exactly where the people of this time period were at where these false teachers were coming in, and they were saying, oh, you're, you're depressed? Oh, you're hurting? Well, that's because, well, that's how you're meant to be. Or, oh, you don't, you don't feel like Jesus is alive? It's because he never really was a real person. And there's all these different doctrines going around trying to basically manipulate people so that they feel full of all these different concepts, and they're able to kind of like mentally ascend, to feel like they're in control, but they're still in the dark, stubbing their feet everywhere. And so I want to ask you this morning, where in your life do you feel in the dark? Where do you feel in the dark today? Where are some places in your life where you're literally saying, I have, I have talked about this forever and a day. I have, I have watched videos on this subject. Maybe it's on marriage. Maybe it's on finances. Maybe it's on um, your emotional health. Maybe it's on your physical health. But there's something in your life where it feels like, I am not finding the light in this area And I really believe that God gives us a really solid way to, in every area of your life, find Jesus. So let's go after that this morning. Let's go after it. Um, in, In those epistles, it has this idea that we need to walk in the light, and we need to walk in the truth and in love. And as I was seeking the Lord about that this last couple weeks, um, God kind of gave me the picture of Psalms. In Psalms chapter 1. So would you guys turn with me there? To Psalms chapter 1. Or put your iPhone or Android to it. Hmm. Now Psalm 1 says this. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And this is a promise. He shall be. Can you say, he shall be? It doesn't say he might be. It says, this is what you will be. Like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So that promise is saying that we're going to have fruit, and that fruit isn't just fruit that you're used to in the natural, but it's supernatural fruit of the Spirit, and that that fruit is going to prosper through every season because your leaf is not withering. God's going to bring it out. But if you look back at the opposite, you see this idea of a man who's walking, he's standing, and he's sitting, and these are the three steps of going backwards. We start off walking in the counsel of the ungodly. That means I'm not necessarily agreeing with a, with a doctrine or an idea that someone is saying to me, but I'm just gonna check it out. Like, I'm just gonna see what you have to say. Maybe I can glean something from it. I'm gonna walk down this journey with you. Then there's the idea of standing, of associating with. 
of standing in the midst of people and remaining there. And then there's the idea of sitting in it. And at that point, basically, you've adopted that as your lifestyle. And Jesus is so good. He wants to do the reverse with you today. In the, in the uh, ungodly sense, people are always walking and running after stuff. Hey, I mean, anxious, hasty, longing for the next thing that's going to help them, running after the, the next idea, the next entertainment option, the next thing that's going to make them feel peace. But Jesus says, come to me and come and sit. I'll teach you to stand, and then I'll help you to walk. And that's what I want us to focus on today is how can we sit, stand, and walk in Jesus So when we're sitting in the presence of Jesus, we have to realize we're not doing anything in those moments. <laughs> we're receiving from him. You have a God who doesn't come to you and say, hey, once you do all these things for me, then I will give you wisdom, then I'll give you insight. But we have to learn how in a crazy world where everybody's demanding things of us, to be able to sit and to receive and to hear what God has to say about us. Go ahead and turn with me to Third John because I wanna show you something. Third John verse three and verse four. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Now I'll turn back to the second epistle of John, and we're going to compare that with what he says to the previous book. Verse seven of Second John. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him unto your house nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. I believe that that doesn't just refer to people, but that God's talking about the thoughts that we let invade our life. Do you know that every thought that goes into your head doesn't come from you? But that there are different sources from where our thoughts come from. The Lord has thoughts towards you. He's speaking to you every day. He wants to encourage you. He wants to fill you with light. You have thoughts that you form by either listening to him or to the third option, which is the enemy and his thoughts towards you. And everything in our culture, from media to entertainment to education, everything that we're facing is in this battle of either receiving thoughts from the truth, from the light, from Jesus, or thoughts from the enemy and from the adversary. And this idea of, of thought life kind of um, has been really on my heart because I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm sitting down and I start to kind of just think about where my life is at, I'll begin to get into this mode of thinking and I'll have these thoughts hit me. Negative thoughts. Thoughts that want to distract, thoughts that want to disrupt and that want to claim a place inside of my heart to where I begin to adopt those things. Have you ever experienced that? I'm sure we all have. Thoughts that are trying to manipulate 
And the worst thing that you can do is give them a place in your home, in your heart. Like the last few weeks, I've been spending time with the Lord every day, just taking thoughts captive, as Paul talks about, and saying, no, that thought is not from my king. <laughs> that's not a Jesus thought. That's an enemy thought. And, and the way that we're able to sit in the promises of Jesus and, and, and come against those thoughts isn't just to kick them out of our house, but what do you do? You invite in the truth. Yeah. So, again, when we're sitting at Jesus' feet, we're resting and we're saying, okay, Jesus, what thought is going to replace this negative thought that I've been entertaining in my house? So let's go for it. You have a thought coming through your head. You've never belonged here. You won't belong. And that thought keeps permeating. So what do you think is the, is the opposite truth that would come against that lie? Go ahead, someone say it. I belong. And what does the Bible say about belonging? The Bible says I've been adopted as a child of God. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Literally, I belong within the very presence of Jesus. And so the good news is every time you hear a lie, it's because that lie is afraid of you finding out the truth because you're about to win something in the spirit. And so I want you to go ahead and think right now about the things that you're facing in your life. What, what are some lies that the enemy's been trying to get you to entertain? And right now we're gonna kick them out of our heads. You ready? <laughs> so right now, Jesus, we reject every lie and lofty imagination, every teacher, every principality that has come in and said, I belong here. And God, we don't give it a place. We don't give it a place, and we ask you to give us the opposite truth to replace that lie, and Lord, we speak it out right now. And so, under your breath, I want you to speak out the opposite of the lie that was trying to invade your life right now, out loud. Go ahead, speak it out. I am a child of God. I am provided for. I am more than enough in Jesus. When I am weak, he is strong. Whatever it is you need in your life. And so I want to ask you, what are we feeding? How are we dealing with education? How are we dealing with entertainment? When you're, when you're going to school, when your kids are going to school, when you're coming home and, and you're watching different things on television, are you taking it as, at face value as if that's something that you should let into your home? Or are you being careful about what you let feed you? Just being real with you, um, there's two very different places that we can move from. I think it's okay for us to listen to what someone has to say, but if we're in a place where we're desperate for something to fill us, that's a very dangerous place to be, to begin to listen to other people's opinions. So I want to encourage you, sit in the word, sit in the truth, sit in the light. And after we can sit, we can do what? We can stand, right? Now this is the thing about how Jesus works. He says, I want to identify you, I want to speak truth over you while you're resting in me, so that then you can stand up and you can walk with me, and you can find a position where you can strategically make a difference. So the next question is, where is Jesus calling you to stand today? Where is a place in your life where maybe you felt unworthy because of a lie that was trying to discourage you or something that was trying to speak negatively to you? And he's saying, no, I've, I've called you to stand in this area now. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's with your children. Maybe it's in your, in your position at your job where you feel like, well, I'm not the boss at my work, I can't have influence, and God's saying, no, I've assigned you as a spiritual authority in that place, and if you'll go against that lie that everyone's out to kill you, <laughs> and you begin to lift up your boss, 
I will give you authority in that place. Maybe it's the lie that my marriage will never change. Everything's always gonna stay the same and God's saying, no, I've given you authority to go from glory to glory in your marriage. And so stand up and, and don't even worry about knowing how to move forward. I will give you direction, but first you just gotta stand. That's good. First you just gotta stand up and say, I'm not going to quit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna seek the Lord. Every morning I'm going to sit in his presence. I'm gonna ask him, Lord, what is it that you have to say about these things in my life? Then I'm gonna stand up into that word and then I'm gonna ask you, how do I walk this thing out? How do I walk this thing out? I wanna tell you a, a story about a friend of mine. Um, his name's Gabe. And I met him when I was living in the Antelope Valley a couple years ago. This might encourage you about a situation where the enemy would try to lie to you and say, there's no light and there's no hope for this. But God has a different plan. And so I was um, leading worship um, on a Wednesday night and I met this guy. He seemed pretty normal. He said, hi, it's nice to meet you. I'd love to go out to coffee with you sometime. And, this, and me and this guy went out to coffee down the street the next week and he revealed to me that he had been kicked out of his house, that his mother had basically disowned him, and that he didn't really have family, even though he had come home to be with his, his family. It's a complicated story, but he had been disowned, and all these lies were binding him up on the inside. And I remember um, talking with him, he said, and I need a roommate, and I asked the Lord, you know, should I, because I had the option, I had extra place in my, in my apartment, should I take him into my place? And I prayed about it, and I felt the Lord give me peace. And so I invited my buddy, my new friend, to stay with me. And then things got crazy, because God began to walk with us through dealing with a bunch of lies, dealing with the lie that he was an orphan, dealing with the lie that, that he would never be able to be in a relationship because of how he was treated when he grew up and some massive abuse that he went through. But here's the craziest part. Sometimes in your life, you're like, this makes sense, I'm taking in the orphans, I'm helping out the widows, and then somebody bites back or somebody hurts you. And this friend of mine basically began to explode to the point where um, we'd be up till like one in the morning, he's just crying and screaming, and I'm like, God, I don't know what to do right now. I don't know how to deal with this, um, but I need your grace. And I remember that there was a point where the Lord told me, The season of you walking with him in this way is done. You need to let him go out of your house, but don't give up on him. Continue to be his friend. Continue to walk with him through this. Continue to be someone who speaks life, who walks in the truth, and who speaks light because he's not an orphan. He's not abandoned, and you get to be his brother. And so long story short, um, with healthy boundaries, continue to love him, and then God did a crazy thing. We invited him over for Thanksgiving to our, um, our family's place. He hung out um, with me and the family in Marina, and he shared with them that there was this opportunity for him to go to this camp where um, it's called the 18-inch journey, where people go to, to learn how to connect their heart to their head. And my mom and dad said, let's sponsor him. It was like a couple thousand bucks, and they sponsored him to go. And this guy who was an orphan in that mentality goes to this camp, sponsored by the Stratton clan meets the Lord and the Father God and has an encounter with him that transforms his life, comes back home, and honestly, like, he, he was having such a hard time even existing around people. He couldn't eat around people. He couldn't live around people. He came back, and he got reconnected with his mom, 
and now he's living with his mom. They're in right relationship, and he's healthy, and he's walking with the Lord, and he's joyful. So good, so good. And so I want to ask you some. This is a, a question we have to ask ourselves too. Have we given up on something that God hasn't given up on, but he just wants us to see it from a new perspective? Maybe there's something in your life that you've been trying to pursue and you've been knocking on that door over and over and over again, but you're doing it out of your own strength and we're not walking in the way that God would have us to walk in. And so I wanna ask you today, is it possible that God would teach us how to be able to walk in the light where we're lifting people up, but we're also not living without healthy boundaries? to where Jesus could teach us, you know what, just because you can't do it the way that you wanted to, it's okay, I'm gonna show you a new strategy. Maybe with your kids, you've been trying to meet them in a certain way, and Jesus is saying, you know what, that's not the way that I'm gonna do it this time, but if you trust me, I'll take you this different route, I'll show you a way that you can get through to them. Maybe you've been saying, if I just keep talking to my spouse this way, I'll prove it to her, I'll prove it to him, and God's saying, no, I wanna show you a different way, if you'll let me lighten up your path. Yeah. And as you're walking with the Lord, John says in 2 John, he who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. And earlier in, um, in, in Paul's writings, he says, our lives are hid in Christ. And so I, I wanna ask you this question as you're walking. Who do you walk as? Do you walk as you? With all the things that you feel like you, don't, you aren't able to do, all the things that you don't think are possible? Or do you walk as if you are Jesus walking in the flesh. Because I wanna encourage you with this. Once you let the Lord fill you and, and cover you and identify you, you don't just walk as you, you walk as a representative of Jesus, amen? Yeah. And not only that, but all the places where you are weak are opportunities for him to come and say, I'm gonna be strong in you. I'm going to literally show off because everybody knows what you couldn't do on your own and now I'm going to give you the strength to do that very thing you couldn't do. And so where is it that you find yourself totally weak? Maybe it's, God, I don't know how to express joy. God, I don't know how to, how to get rid of these um, anger issues that I have, whatever it may be. I wanna encourage you with this today, that Jesus says that because he went to the cross, he rose again because of his great love, that he has chosen to not only give his life for you, but he's chosen to put his life around you. And so now your life is hid in Christ. And so every time that a voice comes in and says, you are this, I want you to come with the opposite spirit like we were learning about in Game Changers on Wednesday nights and say, no, what, what would Jesus be like in this situation? What would Jesus be like in this situation? And so stop saying, I'm a horrible this. I'm a horrible that. I can never do this right. I can never do that right because the Lord comes to us and he says, no, I've given you Jesus. I've given you the spirit of the living God. And so you're not allowed to say that you're who you used to be anymore. Amen? But you have to begin to take on his attributes so that when you're walking and people say, who do you think you are? You can say, I'm a child of the living God. And he covers me. And he empowers me. And even when I don't feel like it, I choose to trust and to operate in that. I choose to walk into every situation and believe that in this situation, I'm walking in the light. Therefore, I am revealing light to other people. I'm walking into situations and revealing the light. And this is um, what I wanna close with today. My prayer for you is that when the Lord identifies you in him, 
and he begins to show you the things that you could not see about how he sees you. And then he positions you in a place of influence where you can stand in who he says that you are. That finally, you would begin to walk and reveal light to the people around you so that where you go, they get to experience the same blessing that you do. And that's what the people of Israel were meant to do. That is what John's communicating to his, to his um, listeners, the people that are receiving from him, is that do not feed yourself on all this negative talk. Do not be like everybody else, but stand up in the light, walk in the light as he is in the light, and then you're gonna fill other people with light too. Amen. Awesome. That's all I got. <laughs> All right, if I get the band to come on up to the front, we're just going to push on into worship. And I want to encourage you to walk in the light. Uh, I don't know if you, you could actually have read the whole chapter of Second John while we were sitting here just now. Um, there's a little secret in there. It says, this is love. So if you're feeling a little lack in your love life, walk with the Lord. Walk with the Lord. You feeling lonely? You feeling left out? You feeling desperate? You feeling like God's not answering your prayers? Let's just walk with God today. Let's walk with Jesus. So we're gonna we're gonna close with this uh, last worship song. Uh, during this song, um, if you need to walk with the Lord, if you're like, you know what, Pastor Josh, I have never decided to make myself walk with the Lord because of the discipline. If you've never walked with Jesus, now's, now's the time. Now's the, now this is your opportunity. This is your invitation to walk with the Lord, to make him the Lord of your life. If you need to do that, I want to encourage you to do that today as we pray. If you need a breakthrough, if you need a physical healing, if you need an impartation of hope, if you need to get your life readjusted, there's people that walk with the Lord that would love to agree with you in prayer. And at this, as this song plays, they'll meet you back there. And we would love to pray with you and pray for your specific needs. Let's pray. Would you stand with me? Holy Spirit, come. God, we are so grateful for this message from your heart that was spoken through your servant. And I pray right now that we will get it, Lord. That we will sit and rest in your presence. We will stand in your truth. And today we will choose to walk in your light and to walk in your love. So meet us right now, Lord. Help us to have a divine encounter, Lord. We need to encounter you divinely each and every day. We need to fellowship with you. We need to tabernacle with you. So, Heavenly Father, just meet us here today. If you want to walk with the Lord, if you've never done that, just pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, again, I, just, I invite you into my heart to be the Lord of my life. Show me what it is like to sit and rest in your presence, to stand in your truth and to walk into your light, Lord. Help me to walk with you. Help me to choose a life where I faithfully and consistently walk with you. We pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.